Hello, welcome to Van Life Pantry Nomadic Pantry Podcast, where today I'm doing it live. No guests, just me. It has been too long and I haven't had time to even record a podcast, except I did one 10 days ago with a guest that was not live. I did it on Zoom and I have not had time to edit and get it up which is why I generally don't edit. And I may end up just throwing it up just to get it up uh, because I don't have time to edit. Life is busy and uh, van life is busy. So what have I been up to? Well, (laughs) same things I was up to before, but I am technically full-time, but semi-stationary for a few months. And I have done a couple of house sitting gigs and I have a couple of private places where I can park for a day or two here and there. Uh, But mostly I am a tumbling tumbleweed, which is just fine by me, except it means life is a lot of work. If you are not boondocking out in somewhere land, and you don't have the ability to just hang out camping for a week or two or three at a time, and you're moving daily, and you are still working 40 hours a week, then it is a little more challenging. So I just want to share some of those challenges. Well, first of all, who decided that women's pants should have pockets sewn shut? I do not understand this phenomenon, and... I'm certain that it must have been something about the way they might lie flat on your body, but at the same time, they are completely unusable. So, people who design pants, stop sewing the pants pockets shut. And also, make the pockets large enough that they do something, that they work, that they can actually hold something, like a whole pocket full of quarters for the laundromat would be nice. Secondly, laundromats. Expensive and with the weird coin shortage that appears to still be going on, you almost get to have a party like winning the jackpot or landing a jackpot at a casino or winning the lottery if you can get a $5 or a $10 or, dare I say it, a $20 bill to change coin for you in a laundromat. So, today's laundry day. I'm at the laundromat now. I got lucky today. I put a $10 bill in the machine and it spit out a whole $10 worth of quarters at me. So, I am waiting for laundry to be done and I decided that it's been too long and I'm just going to jump in live because I don't edit anyway. So, why wouldn't I just jump in live? So, here I am and you can listen now If you happen to be around and notice the live stream going, pop on in. If you don't and you are hearing this later, well, thank you for listening. Uh, What else have I been doing? I have been doing a lot of mini waffle maker cooking. Game changer. I don't have an internal kitchen, as many of you know, if you've been following either my group, my, my Facebook group, my Instagram or this podcast, or even now my YouTube channel, all of them are Van Life Pantry. 
uh, you, Facebook is Van Life Pantry, Nomadic Pantry. Instagram, I have two accounts. It's at Van Life Pantry or at Nomadic Pantry. And I did that because I do plan to one day actually offer products for sale. And the brand name will be Nomadic Pantry because that encompasses everybody nomadic. Everybody has to eat. All nomads have to eat, whether they are van lifing or not. And as I've mentioned before, I van life, so I also chose Van Life Pantry as the main name that I use. So Nomadic Pantry is the umbrella under which Van Life Pantry exists. And not too long ago, I included a little ampersand in my Instagram Van Life Pantry. And that ampersand can go in between or after, but it really all means and. We eat, we cook, we have kitchen storage needs, and all the rest of life happens too. And I want to be food focused because I want to help people have that inspiration and information about how not to always choose fast food that might not be as good for you. Even though I do sometimes do that, I have to be very limited on what kinds I can choose. So uh, if I do fast food, it is generally In-N-Out or Five Guys. I don't love Five Guys, not super keen on their burgers, but the fries are cooked from fresh potatoes and they are cooked in peanut oil, which for some is deadly or um, at least, you know, discomforting. I thankfully do not have a peanut allergy, though I do have sensitivities to so many other things. Uh, so I can eat their french fries. So sometimes I do go and just get a small fry and that will accompany something else that I am eating. If we're talking fast food while we're on the subject, if you do want to go to fast food and you want to choose the healthier items, Wendy's plain baked potatoes are good. And if you have a pantry, in your vehicle, whatever you are nomading in, you can add your own toppings, your own ingredients, but you didn't have to spend the energy it takes to bake the potato. It's cheap, it's fresh because it's just a potato, and you can add your own. So you can also, if you want to, you can let them add the cheese, the onions. Uh, they also have chili, which I, it doesn't have too many horrible things in it, so you might want to do the chili cheese potato there. Um, and what else? They have side salads, just plain green side salads, and those are good. Um, so if you can't cook or if you are in a hurry and you need to just stop at a fast food restaurant, there are certain restaurants that have those options that you can choose so that you don't have to have some of the other things that aren't so great. So sometimes I do that too, baked potato from Wendy's, side salad, um, but I try to prepare my own things and that is where the mini waffle maker comes in. I have been making various things with my mini waffle maker and a lot of them are repeats, but I try to repeat with a little change here and a little change there. So you can make waffles, of course, because it's a waffle maker. 
I've made gluten-free waffles and they were very good, but I really have to be mostly grain-free and I have been eating gluten-free grain items in the last six weeks and I can feel that it's causing um, some changes in my health and so I have to cut those back out again. And that's kind of an on again, off again thing. I adjust my diet as my body tells me it is time to do so. So instead of grain of any kind, I have been doing egg in my waffle maker. So you can take a single egg and stir it, mix it, beat it, whatever word you wanna use, and then you can pour it directly onto the waffle plate in the after it's hot. Uh, it won't take a whole, whole egg. If you have a large egg, you're probably only gonna be able to pour about three quarters or a little bit more than three quarters of the egg onto the waffle plate. Because if you pour the entire large egg, it's going to overflow your plate and make a mess. The plates do not come loose from my mini waffle maker. Mine is Nostalgia brand. There's also a brand called Dash and they use 350 watts of power. I'm told that Dash uses a slightly lower wattage power uh, draw, but I haven't tried the Dash. I have Nostalgia Mini Waffle Maker, and um, it works great. So when you put your egg in, and you don't use the entire egg, you're gonna have to toss the rest of the egg. I leave the lid open for about 20 seconds, maybe close to 30 seconds, so that the bottom of the egg can begin to cook. And then when I close the lid, it does not have so much loose liquid that it overflows. You do not press the lid down hard. You just let it sit on the top. You just barely close the lid so that it's shut, but you don't squeeze. Then you let it sit until it's ready and you'll know when it's ready because it rises the lid rises similar to a souffle would rise and um, you can tell that it looks done so that is a really good breakfast idea but on top of that if you're keto or paleo or any one of those other things and you eat eggs you can make an egg or two and use them as the bread, quote unquote, on the outside of something else. So you can use an egg and turn it into something that looks like a little mini round waffle and use it to make a sandwich. So that is one way to do it. I have also been experimenting with putting turkey lunch meat on. So you pour your egg on, you let it sit 20 to 30 seconds, then you put a couple of pieces of your lunch meat, very thin sliced lunch meat on. And today I also added little pieces of red bell pepper. And then you close that lid, again, not pressing down too hard and let it cook for a couple of minutes. And then you have breakfast. When I raise the lid back up, if I want cheese to melt on the top, I take a little bit of grated cheese and then I let the lid go halfway down. You have to hold it then. You can't just let go of it. I don't want the lid 
to touch the cheese because then the cheese cooks onto the top plate surface and I do not want that to happen because then it's a much harder cleanup. So you just want that heat to radiate down onto the bottom cooking surface without actually having the lid touch the cheese. And you wait, you know, 20 or 30 seconds, however long it takes. And yes, you have to stand there and hold the lid, but it's worth it. And then you get melted cheese. And then you have this sort of frittata, omelette egg breakfast thing <laughs> that is really good. And I have been having that with a side of grapes, or this morning I had a side of plums, or blueberries, or banana, or salad even, if you're interested in greens for breakfast, or... I don't know any oh apples I've done cut up apples and peanut butter together with my egg breakfast so there are a lot of opportunities to use this little waffle maker to make all kinds of things I've been told that it can do hash browns but I haven't tried that yet um, I have been told that it can make other things uh, but I haven't tried very many of these other things yet so I will say I have a video that I'm working up that I took a week or well, almost two weeks ago now. Actually, tomorrow will be two weeks. <laughs> I haven't had time to edit or put it up on my YouTube. But I attempted mini waffle maker brownies, and that was a fail. <laughs> I will definitely share that that was a fail. I think it was a fail because they were gluten-free brownies. I have seen other people make really good looking little brownies in a mini waffle maker and I thought I would give it a go and would share if that was a success because that would mean, again, I wouldn't have to get out the bigger stove top and use my Omnia oven. I could just make little brownie bites. But no, I could not. Uh, it, it cooked two both plates and it what I ended up making was brownie crunch and I ended up actually using that brownie crunch on some vanilla ice cream on some instant oatmeal and just eating it you know by the handful here and there as a little snack and it was crunch 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 brownie crunch <laughs> because when the brownie cooked to both plates I couldn't get it off of the plates, and these are nonstick plates. And I know in an early podcast, I said I hate nonstick cookware, and that is still true. But I have learned that in van life, or maybe even in all kinds of nomadic life, nonstick surfaces are really useful, really helpful. And the potential health effects that one might experience from cooking on them, I think would take probably 80 years of continued use for you to actually feel an adverse result. Um, even though I know I said it can kill birds and little hamsters, we are bigger than that. And so I just have to hope and believe that, uh, that it's not, it's okay. It's, it, you know, yes, it's not great. 
no, I don't like the chemicals in it. I don't like whatever might off gas from it. But when you are talking about cooking in a nomadic lifestyle versus not being able to, I'm going to choose to have a way to do that. And because I don't want to use my butane stove inside my vehicle, the mini waffle maker gives me the ability to cook inside my vehicle and still eat good hot food. The other things that you can use, so we're moving on. I did mini waffle maker. I've done all kinds of things in it. I've had the fail. I'm going to continue to share mini waffle maker, but I today decided to purchase, because I just learned that this is also a thing, a mini sandwich maker. So I went to Bed Bath & Beyond because it was the only place in the town that I happened to be in that had them in stock and I didn't have to order them for pickup on a different day. And I actually am going to try it out later this afternoon and I may do a video that I will put up sometime in the next two to four weeks uh, that tries a new recipe. So I went there and my intent was to get the mini sandwich maker and it said they should have them in stock. But when I got there, they did not have the mini sandwich maker. They had the several things. They had the mini waffle maker. They had, um, I don't know, they have a few different things. They even have a grill, but I, I, I don't need a grill because I don't care if my food actually has grill marks on it. I want the cooking surface that is easier to use and a little bit bigger than the waffle maker. And I find that the waffle maker is limiting because, of course, the waffle shape. You cannot cook a multitude of items on that waffle maker because of the shape. So I was looking for more of a griddle shape. There is a griddle. It's a, it's a little round one. Also not what I wanted. I wanted a square, a little bit larger. So this is not very much larger. It's a tiny bit larger than the mini waffle maker. And it is... Um, Hey, welcome guests. I am just jabbering on about cooking in nomadic life and in van life, and I'm experimenting with various methods. So I don't know if you happen to live nomadic or if you are in the market for learning about how to cook in camping or in van life or in RV, tent life, any of those things that is what I'm talking about today. So I'm going to continue to jabber on. Call in if you feel like you would like to do that and we can discuss. I'd have to find my headphones, but um, I was talking about the purchase I made today, which was instead of the mini sandwich maker, I ended up doing the mini egg bite maker. And I did that because, it's Dash brand, I did that because I can, it gives me two pretty flat surfaces. The bottom is like a griddle, and the top is also like a griddle. So I don't have any impressions. There's no metal spikes or molds or anything that tries to shape the food. And I can just put it on the bottom griddle. So the egg bite maker, 
it has four small silicone cups, really small, and you can use probably half an egg in this cup. It would not fill a whole egg. So you can make little mini egg bites, egg souffles. The, um, the menu or the recipe book that comes with it gives you ideas about tiny cheesecakes and tiny um, custards and tiny other things. So that is what I'm going to be experimenting with as we move forward. Uh, it also is low wattage, similar to the mini waffle maker, but it is 420 watt draw instead of a 350 watt draw. So what does that mean? That means if you have portable battery power, you're going to need something that can power at least a 500 watt appliance. I happen to use a battery power that can power 650 watt and I have a different battery that can power up to an 1800 watt appliance. So I'm able to cook with this inside the vehicle and I'm going to do some experimenting. So that's um, where I'm at and um, I don't really have a lot else to discuss today other than um, to say that I know people don't talk a lot about this in their Instagram videos, in their Instagram feed, in their beautiful van life photos. People don't really talk about the day to day, the struggles, the things that aren't so fun, the things that are like real life that happens every day, all day. And those things are, it's getting cold now. It was 44 degrees inside this morning when I woke up. And I am thankful enough to be able to park in places that have shore power a lot of the time. So I can plug in my portable heater and I can use my electric blanket, which I have just purchased because I want to be warm and I can't let the electric heater run while I'm sleeping because it's, there's a safety potential safety issue. So I do have the portable heater. I have an electric blanket that keeps me warm, but we aren't into dead winter yet. And so if you are nomading in a climate that is extremely cold, you are going to want to start thinking about what to do for warmth. Some people use the diesel heater, the Webasto heater. Some people use the Mr. Buddy, but that uses a propane draw. And if you use propane inside your vehicle, you need to know that you should have an ox meter on hand. Hi, Mr. A, thanks for coming in. I'm talking about van life. I discussed um, mini waffle makers and my mini egg bite maker, which is actually going to double as a mini sandwich maker for cooking indoors, inside the van, inside an RV, inside some place that you cannot use a combustible cooking source. And now, yeah, <laughs> five thick blankets would be a good idea. Um, I have three blankets. 
I have a four and a half inch mattress and I like I said, have just added the electric blanket. I think that's going to be a good thing. And I make sure that I keep a thermometer inside the vehicle at all times. And I always know how cold it is. But what I was saying about um, heaters, if you use a Mr. Buddy, uh, there have been plenty of YouTube videos about their safety. They say that they are safe for indoor use, but they also say that they are not intended for indoor use. Um, so they have to put that disclaimer in case somebody gets harmed by it. They can say, hey, we told you it wasn't for indoor use. Um, but you want an ox meter because they don't necessarily create a lot of carbon monoxide, but they do eat oxygen. They take the oxygen out of the air, and that is really what causes you to suffocate. Um, so you would always want ventilation. Some people have the max air fan on top of the vehicle, which I don't. Uh, if you have that, you would want your max air fan drawing that air in so that you are always replacing the oxygen that your heater is eating. Um, the diesel heater is great, but you have to actually build it in and it has its own, it uses diesel uh, gasoline. So you need a diesel tank to run it. So that's not an option for a lot of people. So the basics, get a good portable battery. If you get a 650 or a 500 watt capacity battery, you should be able to run a small electric blanket. And I, so my battery runs my fridge, it charges my phone, and it is now going to run my blanket when I'm not connected to shore power. And shore power, for people who aren't familiar, just means a, an electrical hookup from a building, a regular place where you can hook up to electric, like any RV would. Um, and I do that with my, just a long extension cord. So I can hook up to any electrical outlet and run all of my appliances as well. So I have to recharge my battery about every two and a half days if I'm running the fridge all the time. The fridge takes up quite a bit of power. And that's kind of a bummer because if you don't have shore power to recharge your battery or to run your things, then you have to go find a place to charge, like Starbucks, like um, libraries. And then of course, you're that guy schlepping your big old battery into somewhere and people are staring at you because why is the homeless person bringing their battery in to charge it somewhere? And, you know, you kind of have to get over that. So, um, and, and the homeless discussion is a whole different thing because um, there are people who choose to live this lifestyle because there is adventure in it. There is a lot of freedom in it. And houseless, I know, I know, not everybody thinks this, but houseless does not necessarily equal homeless. And a lot of the people who are traveling full time do have home bases. They call them home base. Um, they just may be away from them. They may be several states away from home base. And so you have to take your batteries and charge them places. Uh, so that's a little bit of a downside. But if you don't have a battery, then 
you might be too cold. You don't have the option to run all the things that you need to run, to have the heat that you need to have. And as we get into these colder months, people are definitely going to need to think about those things. And that is why having the little waffle maker, the mini sandwich maker, those little things that are small wattage draws um, are also good to have because then you can have warm meals that you didn't have to go and buy at fast food or a restaurant. Um, not only can you eat more healthily that way, but it is more economical. You don't have to spend as much money when you are cooking for, for yourself. So you carry um, a dozen eggs, a little bag of shredded cheese, a couple of bell peppers and a zucchini and two or three potatoes and um, an onion and I'm, I'm going through last week's shopping list. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what I bought. Um, what was I carrying with me? I did have a, a one loaf of gluten-free bread. Um, and then I always have on hand fruit leather, jerky, nuts, seeds, and apples, peanut butter, those kinds of things. So um, with all of those things, you can eat well and not have to stop at restaurants all the time. You can eat more economically. With a battery power, you can run a fridge and have warmth. So um, I don't know. Those are the things I'm thinking about today, and those are the things I wanted to share with everybody while I'm waiting for the laundry to get done at the laundromat. Laundromats are awfully expensive. If you have not been to a laundromat lately, oh yeah, steak. I haven't tried meat yet. So I just got this one that I was talking about, the mini egg bite maker. And you can put, the, so the egg bite things are these little um, silicone cups, but they're completely removable. So what I actually have is a tiny little griddle pan now with a, with a griddle lid. So I theoretically, I could cook mini pizzas. Oh, that sounds good. I'm going to try mini pizzas soon. I could do mini pizzas. I could cook steaks. Oh, $8 for one load of clothes. So I am actually lucky at this moment. I am in an area that has several small towns and one larger city, and I have checked every laundromat in the whole region and found the one that is the least expensive. And I'm not telling you where it is because it's my secret, <laughs> because I don't want the secret out. I am paying today $1.50 per washer and a dollar per dryer. So the dryer gives me eight minutes for 25 cents, but it's a really good dryer and it works very quickly. And so I have found that I only have to let the load dry for 32 minutes and everything is dry. The only, the only holdout occasionally is the thicker seams on jeans. Um, those take sometimes an extra quarter, extra eight minutes, but $8 for one load is crazy insane. And the big washer here, if I wanted to wash my comforter, which I try to do once a month or once every two months at the most, um, that is $9 for the large capacity 
um, washer that allows you to wash like a big, thick blanket. So I, you know, it's crazy expensive and it is um, so much easier if you have your own washer and dryer somewhere. There was a woman here last week when I was doing laundry and she was washing 18 loads of clothes (laughs) all at one time. And she was on some sort of trip. She was a nomadic person and she was, they were going on some thousand mile trip and she said she had just brought too many clothes. Well, I think that means she bought too many, brought too many and wore every single item before she washed anything. So every single item they owned was dirty. How do you have 18 loads of laundry to do in one week or in one day? Anyway, and how much does that cost? At nine bucks a load, that's a whole lot of money for a laundromat. Um, So yeah, that's another difficulty in nomadic life that, you know, people don't talk about the cost of laundromats and the cost of gas. Uh, It costs me anywhere from 50 to to $100 to fill my tank, depending on how low I let it go. Um, right now I'm paying $369 per gallon for gas. So that is a big expense in a nomadic life and people don't talk about it. And um, lastly, you, you can't carry all of your things. Well, you can. It is a constant reworking. There is, I downsized a whole house and we purchased property. So I do actually now again have a home base, but it is, I'm several states away from it right now. I'm I'm not at home base. Um, I'm stationary somewhere else for a few months. And so home base has a tiny house. I am not going to go back to a normal sized house. I don't want that many items. I want to try to live tiny and stay minimalistic, but that is a challenge every day and you have to keep working at it. You have to keep changing what isn't working and things that I thought I wanted with me have been tossed because I don't have room for them. And so when you are living tiny and nomadic in this way, you find, bye Mr. A, thank you for coming in. You find that, um, you are moving something all the time, moving it here, moving it there, moving it back, moving something else, stepping over it, climbing under it. Um, And so we want to try to avoid that. And the best way to do that is just to keep streamlining, keep minimizing, keep reassessing. What do you need? What do you not need? What can you get rid of? And that has been big in my pantry storage as well. I've reworked it several times. I started with four 17 gallon bins and I am down to two 12 gallon bins for food and one 12 gallon bin for cooking utensils. Yeah, Seeker, I, so the tiny house that we uh, just purchased, we, we call it the hunting cabin, um, is 350 square feet. And the house that we downsized from was 1300 square feet and plus a garage, plus a greenhouse, plus a shop building. Um, So now we're at 350 square feet and we are actually going, yes, lots of yard sale. Um, We did a lot of selling. It it took us five months to downsize 
everything we owned, getting ready to make this transition and make this change. Um, it's a lot of work, but it was so freeing. You feel so much lighter. The burdens of moving things all the time are lifted, except now living in this tiny space, the van space, my, my, you know, I'm in my camper van full time temporarily. And, um, I am now moving things here and there. And, um, yeah, so I'm still fighting things, but everything that I have now is essential. It is something that is useful. It has a purpose and I only keep it if it is going to, um, manage to, sorry, I have to, um, pull forward a little bit. I'm actually doing this from inside my van and, um, in case you were wondering where is a good place to, uh, spray paint your motorcycle scooter, it's not really a motorcycle. It looked like a Vespa, but it wasn't. Some guy was spray painting his Vespa inside the parking lot of the laundromat. And so I had to move my van backwards um, in order to avoid the overspray. <laughs> so uh, if you're wondering where to spray paint your Vespa, apparently laundromat parking lot is the place to go. Um, anyway, so we were talking about space. Um, it took a lot of work to downsize, um, but now everything is purposeful. If it doesn't have a purpose, it doesn't get to stay. Um, the only, I think the only exceptions to that are um, my, my hobby supplies. I am a knitter, and so I do keep, um, yeah, I don't know how to get that, how do I get that person out? I don't know how to boot somebody. Um, but hey, does it uh, boost my ratings because they keep coming in and popping in over and over so it looks like more people have come <laughs> into my podcast? Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 because I'm new to the live, I'm not sure how to, how to manage that, but thank you, Seeker. Okay, I'll try it. Um, Okay, so I am doing that. Done. Thank you. Um, yeah, good. Okay, so troll in the room has been blocked. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know why. Why do people do that? I don't understand. What, what do they gain from that? Is, is there something that, you know, is fun about that? Um, except, yes, it's, it's good for me because it'll boost my ratings. And I don't have any ratings yet, so... Uh, you know, boost would be good. Anyway, um, yeah, I just decided to jump in and do the live because I, I never have the time to do a, a prep prepared podcast and I'm not really good at that. And I would rather come out and I, I always think of these things to say while I'm driving. I think, oh, I want to tell people this, and this is very important to know, and this is an important aspect of, of this kind of life, or of downsizing, or of, you know, whatever it is, um, and I forget by the time it's time to actually record a podcast, so I'm just going to jump in and do some lives, I think, and I don't know, it, they won't be regularly scheduled, because my life is crazy, and I don't know exactly always when I can schedule, um, 
yeah, go ahead. I, if you want to, let's see if I can um, figure out how to answer you and I can um, keep my sound quality while you call in. So, um, let's see. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Oh, let me turn up my volume a little bit. There we go. Okay. So, Can you hear me? Yes. Hello. All right. Cool. Um, yeah, this is, uh, I've heard about, um, vein living off and on. Um, I've always been curious about it because it seems like something that would be really fun to do, but there's one big question I have to ask you. Mm -hmm. Um, besides of course, having the van, which obviously is important. Uh, did you need a lot of funds before you, like, you know, hit the road? Well, you know, there are a lot of different thoughts on that. Um, I, the, so the conventional wisdom is you need $10,000 in the bank in case something goes wrong. But most people do not have that, nor did I. And, um, you know, the, the hardest part is, is that me or you? Not I. Um, that is weird. Why do I have a noise going on? <laughs> That's not I. That's not me. That's weird. Okay. Uh, it is a different device. It is a an alarm I have in the vehicle. Um, okay. So, um, really, the biggest thing that you have... It's not your O2 meter, is it? <laughs> no, no. Thankfully not. Um, <laughs> the biggest thing that you really have to plan for is breakdowns. And so it depends on um, what you have, what kind of vehicle you have and how reliable it is. Um, I wasn't sure. We, we, we were planning this for a couple of years. We knew that we were going to be hoping to make a transition and we wanted to be able to travel more. And we also knew that um, a big class A was not in the budget. And um, I don't want to learn to pull a trailer. I don't want to learn to back and park a fifth wheel and trucks cost $60,000 now. So um, that was not an option for us. Um, so we started looking at, you know, what could we do in a, in a more budget friendly way? And we don't have the $100,000 Sprinter van. We don't have the high top super duper build out. You know, I, I went um, what many people would call, um, you know, the ghetto way. <laughs> and I'm sure that's probably not a PC term these days, but it gets the point across. Um, I don't have a super build out. I just wanted to travel and I wanted to change the way things were going for us because, um, well, so two years, I said we've been planning it, but my mother passed away this year in, on Mother's Day and she was only 69. And um, that's like 19 years away from, from now for me. Um, so I don't want to be stuck to a desk for another 19 years and then suddenly die and not have gotten to do things that I want to do. Um, so, you know, yes, you need money, but you need it for anything you do in life. And I still have to have a job. So I am thankful that the job that I already had 
is allowing me to convert to digital nomad. I'm still going to log in and do my work and um, I'll just be doing it from remote. So yeah, see that was that was going to be my next question is um, how do you uh, you know fund the daily expenses? Like, do you have a job or do you just have like a large sum of cash? Yeah. And if you do have a job, how does that work? Or is it just you know remote? I, it is. Well, right now I'm still um, I'm still in person in my job because we're still in the middle of the transition part of this. Um, but I, we already sold the house. And so we purchased a piece of property in another state and I will, uh, home base from there, but I hope to travel at least five months of the year all the time every year. Um, so right now I'm finishing up the in-person part of the job I already had and I will be doing that for another few months. And then um, starting 2022, I will be logging into my office from wherever I am. So the difficult part of that is I still have to have an internet connection, which means I can't go mm-hmm. to all the remote places um, that don't have internet. You know, I can't go out way out into national park land um, where there's no connection. So unless it's a weekend. Well, because I'm full-time. My recommendation on that is uh, I, didn't, I didn't think it was up and running, but I talked to somebody that actually already has it. Um, look into um, Starlink. Um, damn, what the hell is that guy's name? I recently heard uh, of that, and uh, somebody else said that they were just starting guy, to use that. The, the guy that uh, – he, he's the creator of Tesla. Damn, what the hell is oh, his name? Oh, Elon Musk. Uh-huh. Yeah, Musk. Yeah, he um, he launched all the satellites to create the, the Starlink uh, satellite internet. Oh. And um, I, did, I didn't know it was already up and running, but I actually talked to somebody that that's what they use for a uh, internet service instead of the normal ones. Okay. So apparently it's already up and running. And um, basically the whole purpose of it is you can get inter- internet any place on the planet so well i will look i don't know how much it costs (laughs) but well so that's another thing because you know people a lot of people think um oh i'm going to go do van life and and i'm going to have no expenses well you don't have a mortgage anymore necessarily if you if you downsize so completely that you don't have a mortgage then yes you don't have that but you do have some people still keep a little storage unit so you have storage You have to have a cell phone, so you still have a phone, you know, cost. You have gasoline costs, and you're probably going to have some sort of Internet cost. So right now, I converted to using um, a hotspot, if I need it, um, through my cell provider. But it is expensive. It tripled my monthly bill, and that's more than I wanted to pay. So um, I'm definitely going to keep looking for what um, might be better. So I'll definitely. Look well, if into you that. ever need a good internet, if you ever need a good internet signal, just find a McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and Starbucks, even though I really am not a fan of their coffee, they have good free internet. Um, most libraries have good free internet, and you can get the signal on the outside of the building. So if you can park close enough to a library building, you can use their internet while you're there. Um, 
and I tend to. And you can, if you go ahead. If you park in the back, you can um, charge your battery while using the internet. Yeah, a lot of times they do offer um, outdoor some sort of uh, electrical outlet. Um, you can't park there overnight, though. <laughs> so that's another thing you have to you have to be really careful about where you park and where you go. And um, a lot of the people that are making messes and parking and leaving um, a lot of well, just messes in general. They're really giving it a bad name because there are the, those of us who do not leave messes. I mean, the whole point is leave no trace and don't look homeless and don't look like you are, um, you know, nomading full time. <laughs> so um, I have black uh, fabric on the outside of the insulation on my windows. You can't, it, I, also my windows are tinted. So, um, and I'm just a, a nondescript passenger van. So on the outside, nobody would know that I'm, you know, in there, which is nice because you don't want people to know that. Um, but that's part of the puzzle, part of the challenge. And, and kind of part of the fun is um, learning all of that. Where can you go? Where can you stay? Where can you sleep? Um, and I tend to do urban areas rather than way out. A lot of people like to go in the boonies where there's nobody and nothing and it's dark and those are not my places no see that's where i would go well and so see i, I would be I, I would be in town during the day and out in the boonies at night yeah well and i have family with i mean i i'm not solo all the time which is good i mean i have a husband and um so that's good but I, the difference is you're male and i'm not and um Unfortunately, that means... That's what guns are for. <laughs> well, so that's a whole other discussion, because if you're traveling interstate, um, depending on what states you're passing through, you've got to be real careful about what you carry and where you carry it and how you carry it. And um, mm, That's why that's why you make little hidden cubby holes. Yeah. Well, and that shouldn't be a thing, because anybody should be, <laughs> right? anybody should be able to defend themselves with any measure necessary anywhere they are. And um, you shouldn't have to worry about this law says you can't carry that, so you're vulnerable because that, you know, it shouldn't be a thing. But, um, boy, those are very polarizing topics these days. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I do have I do have protective things, but uh, but I, de I, I tend not to choose being out away from everyone. I like to go where there are people and lights and civilization going on plus plus you you do have a three thousand pound weapon so yes that's true and it definitely could do some damage if it wanted to which is nice and that's the other <laughs> thing when you know when you park you have to make sure you know how you're parking so you can't get blocked in um you want to always make sure that you park in a place and in a way that you have an immediate and easy out you can drive away from whatever's going on. And, you know, we I have a guy in my Facebook group who recently was assaulted and knocked down and beat up. And he's 72 years old. And some, some losers at a campsite attacked him because they were fighting and making noise. And he stepped out of his um, little trailer at night, about 1030 at night, to see what was going on. And he said, mistake number one. 
I put on my pants and went over there and introduced myself. <laughs> and, oh, and they, no, and they, no. Right. And they just, they attacked him. They knocked him down. They punched him. They beat him up. Um, so, you know, you, you run into those things and you have to. No, see, that's why, that's why nowadays, especially nowadays, um, unless you have the means to stop something, it's none of your business. Yeah. Just ignore it. Yeah. Whatever the hell it is, just ignore <laughs> yeah. it. Well, I sure wouldn't have been getting out. Because unless you have the means to stop it, you're not going to do any good but hurt yourself. Right. Yeah. That's true. And I think I don't think he'll do that again. But, you know, he's been taken down a few pegs because now the confidence level is not quite what it was. Because now you're second guessing everybody that comes near. Um, you know, you never know. Are they crazy? Are they, are they friend or foe? Well, you should do that anyways. Yes, for sure. Yeah, and I find that I'm much more, I mean, I, much more careful now than I used to be about those things. I mean, it might, it, it might be because of my um, military training, but even when I'm going to the grocery store, I'm eyeballing everybody. Right. I'm watching what everybody does. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you have to because you have to know what's going on and what's happening around you. And um, I'm stepping out now to put my clothes in the dryer. So if the sound quality tanks, that will be why. <laughs> we'll see if I can manage to do this while I'm still running this live. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the daily is – Safety is important no matter where you are. And I was just posting the other day on uh, a, a women's group, a women's travelers group, about um, three different situations that I've had in the last three days, two days, um, where people were hot rodding in the parking lot where I was parked. And I wasn't even parked, you know, to sleep or anything. I was just at a regular store during the late afternoon. And these hot rodders go peeling out, turning brodies in the parking lot, squealing. And one of the days it was raining and they slid across the parking lot and almost would have run into me. And there was nowhere I could go because it just started all of a sudden. Um, so, you know, those are the kind of people that you run into. and <laughs> You have to always be on high alert. Yeah, you always have to uh, be ready to go off-road. Yeah, well, and you know, some like if you're in a park, if you're in a parking lot and you can't get out, you got to be prepared to go up over the curb. <laughs> right, exactly. Whatever way necessary. So, so again, that's why parking in a way that allows you to get out easily and quickly is is a good idea. Um, and I could have. I mean, I did. I actually did move. But when they are spinning around the parking lot and you aren't sure exactly where they're going to go, you're not sure which way for you to exit. <laughs> are they going to go this way or that way? And are they going to run into me while I'm trying to move out of their way? Anyway. And you know what? Anyway. That's why, that's honestly why I would recommend that you get um, some... Uh, the steel protective plates that they put on off-road vehicles to put over, like, the uh, the oil tank and stuff like that to put on your van and to also 
raise your van up a couple inches. Mm-hmm. That way, um, not specifically to go off-road, but so if you're in a situation like that and the only way you could go is forward, which is up over the curb and through the ditch, mm-hmm. you're able to do it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, and also... And it, and it won't mess up your van. Another thing that people really need to consider is a catalytic converter shield um, because catalytic converter theft is huge right now. And people who have been parked uh, in van life have actually had their cat converter stolen at night while they were sleeping, and they woke up to it missing. Um, so definitely. How do you sleep through that? Well, uh, some people just have said they didn't. They didn't want to confront. Somebody got killed confronting someone stealing their catalytic converter. So a lot of the people, maybe they hear the noise, but they're not interested in going out and confronting the thief. Um, you know what is the best way to confront somebody that is trying to steal your Cadillac converter without actually getting out of your vehicle? Have a laser on your gun and point it <laughs> at their chest. And when they see that laser, they, uh, they'll back away. That might do it. I mean, I don't know. I think I would just start the vehicle and drive away, but... Um, maybe then your possibility of running over the person? I, I don't really know. Um, I don't know where they're located on the vehicle, usually underneath and close to the back, right? So um, can you drive away while they're doing that? I don't know. But, you know, these are the things people don't talk about, and these are the things I want to share because, um, you know, I'm all about the real part of this and not just about, the Instagram highlights. Now, those are beautiful, and I love those, and they're very inspirational, but um, every life that you choose has difficulties and the real parts that happen all of the day in between the little highlight moments that give you good Instagram photos, (laughs) right? Plus, plus another good thing to do is um, put a car alarm on your van. And then before you go to bed, uh, set the alarm. I do that. So if anybody tries to mess with your van while you're sleeping, it goes off. Yes, I do that. Uh, I have an alarm and I set mine. And the other thing that I actually um, think that should exist if it doesn't, and um, I was even thinking if I could figure out a way to make it exist um, in a way that I could (laughs) be the person who created and sold it, is... um, nanny cams that are specifically created for vans um, for the outside. Mm-hmm. You can get like a doorbell camera, but if somebody rang the doorbell on my van at three o'clock in the morning, it would freak me out. So I am not going to go doorbell on my vehicle. But okay. Yeah, plus who would think to look for a doorbell on a van? <laughs> somebody might. I don't know. I figured if I put it there, some... I'd be worried if they actually looked for a doorbell on a van. I'm like, um, <laughs> what's wrong with you? <laughs> anyway, yeah. He actually rang the bell. Get the guns. <laughs> well, and then if you do have one of those, you're back to the power source needs again because they um, they only work if they're plugged in. So, I mean, because they're cloud-based and the they're Bluetooth-based, so the little receiver part plugs in. And then the doorbell itself is like stuck on with a sticker on the outside. Well, the the easiest way to um, 
save power on those. And uh, also the, uh, the ones that run on independent batteries do this as well is um, if you get the ones that have those features, you turn them off. Um, but then the ones that are, are independently battery powered don't have those features. And uh, you just, when you hook them up, you turn off those features to where the only thing that they do is their primary function. They record and they send the, uh, the video feed to whatever monitor you have. And that's it. Mm -hmm. They don't send it to the cloud. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good to know. Plus, I wouldn't want to send it to the cloud anyway because don't it gives away your position. Yeah, well, I don't want to either, right, because it gives you GPS coordinates where you are, which I don't really want. And, um, yeah, it's another it's another way of surveilling you, right, <laughs> which is not what you want. So. Oh, and also while you're traveling, um, if you're not using your cell phones or any electronic equipment, take all – well – Nowadays, they're melded into the phone, but if you can, take all batteries out. Really? Because not only does it save on battery life, but also um, even if you have your phone turned off, if the battery is in it, it can still track you. Because uh, it's still going to ping the towers. That's interesting. Yep. But it ha if it has absolutely no power source, then... It's just a plastic object. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. So, yeah, I mean, my focus is, of course, about food, and that's how I started because um, that is one of the biggest, the biggest things that someone has to figure out. If you are full-time living this way, um, technically houseless or away from home base for extended periods of time, you have to figure out how to eat and how to store what food you want to carry. And um, that takes up space and it takes time. And so the other day, last weekend, I was going to make breakfast and I went to a place that's um, kind of out in the rural areas. It's near a river and it was like a little um, county park. Um, and I got my food out and I got my stove out and all the stuff. And then here comes a pit bull on the loose <laughs> with no collar and no human attached. And, you know, some of them are very friendly and nice and, and I don't have a problem with the breed itself, but you never know. And if they aren't friendly and nice, that breed can do so much extra damage to you that I really didn't want to find out. So I had to pack everything back up and go make my food somewhere else. Um, so these are also things that you always have to think about. And it and and that meant an extra hour and a half to my day just for cooking. It would have been easier just to go through a drive through. But I don't want to do that all the time. So, um, you know, those are things people have to plan for. If you can't cook at the spot where you thought you were going to, then what's your fallback? Well, I um uh if it was me, I would have been like, Oh look, I'm sitting here cooking breakfast and lunch just walked up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think dog like, come on, attack me. I will eat you. I don't think dog tastes very good, do you? Well, maybe you've eaten dog. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I've eaten cat, but I've, I've never eaten dog. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, 
yeah, I, I, I don't think I would eat it, but I, I would definitely defend myself if I had to, and I do carry means to do that. But, um, but then, you know, that adds a whole other level of difficulty to your day because then you have to deal with the aftermath of, of that encounter. So, so yeah, I mean, you got to skin it and clean it and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, seriously, uh, I think I would, um, honestly, if, well, if, cause I, I actually, I, I thought about how I would actually do this type of living. Um, for one, I think I would get, uh, one of those, I forget what the hell they're called, but it's like a, a mini RV with a van cab. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, I think those are the Class C vehicles. Um, well, there's Class B and Class C, and some of those are in those categories. So, yes, they're already built out. They're already more like an RV, but they're small and portable. Um, or even the van, there are actual camper vans that you can buy that have a slightly higher top that are already made as an RV. Um, and they have more amenities than yeah. what I have. Well, they're like the old um, Volkswagen van that, that was a camper van, where it has the little stove and it has the little bed and it has everything in it that you would need. But And it's just me, so I wouldn't need much room. Right, so. but they're astronomically but, um, expensive the, right the, now. You can't even touch one for a yeah. decent price. And then the other thing that... Um, uh, a mini grill, like one of those little camping grills, I would probably be using that all the time. Yeah. Well, so. Because I'm, I'm a real big meat eater, so. <laughs> the, okay. So I was planning to do a, a barbecue podcast all summer, and I haven't done it yet because I'm on the West Coast, and there were fire bans in place, which included charcoal grilling. We couldn't, I couldn't, I could not light a charcoal grill all summer. And in fact, they haven't yet lifted fire season. So I have not been able to use a charcoal grill yet. Um, so if you are in a place that has high fire season ban problems, um, you can't just use a little hibachi grill. You have to, you know, figure out something else. Um, I was in Tahoe and Reno and Carson City and those areas in July before they started having the huge, um, I forget what the fire conflagration, conflagration that they just had, what they're calling it, but um, the whole place exploded in fire after I was there. But while I was there, they had fire bans in place and we were not allowed to use our butane cook stove. So that was all I had at the time, except I also carry one electric hot plate um, but I camped at a place that did not have electrical shore power. So we had to eat out because there was no, no other option. Um, so yeah, these are the kinds of things that the trouble that people run into with, can you cook? What can you cook on? And if you can't, what's your fallback? So my fallback is the mini waffle maker, but now I'm going to trade out the mini waffle maker because I don't care if it's in waffle shape. I'm trading out the mini waffle maker for the mini <laughs> for the mini egg bite maker, which is actually going to double as a mini waffle maker, sandwich maker. Well, it'll be it won't be waffle. It'll be pancake maker, sandwich maker, and 
anything else. And I can saute little bits of mushroom and onion on it because it's an actual griddle surface. So that's going to be fun. Yeah, and I, I heard you uh, I heard you say that uh, the little cups only take half an egg. <laughs> well, they're small. So the mini waffle maker that I've been using. That's really small. I know. The mini waffle maker that I've been using will take about a three quarters of a large egg. If you pour the whole egg in it, it's going to overflow the sides. So I stir up the egg and then, yeah, stir up the egg and then I pour the egg into it and then until it's, you know, as full as it looks like it can get. And I usually have, I don't know, a teaspoon bit of the egg left. Um, So, yes, these little waffle cups, they might hold one whole large egg, but they look like they are more of a one half to three quarter egg. So you stir up your egg like it's a scramble. And then you pour these cups mm-hmm. like half full, and then when it cooks, it rises kind of souffle-like, and it fills the cup. So you can probably mm-hmm. make. A- I wonder if you. Uh, I wonder if you pour it just right. Uh, if it will um, have like a little a muffin-shaped egg. Probably. Because <laughs> so it there are, comes over the edge just a little bit. Yeah, there are four cups. So I'm thinking it's close to a two-egg capacity between these four cups. So I don't know. Yeah. I just got it today. So I'm going to experiment with it, and we will see <laughs> what the actual capacity is. Um, but the nice thing about that I'd is... I have to cook like six times. No, you just eat smaller. Well... I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't require large um, meals. So for me, one egg meal is just fine. Uh, and I carry snacks. So, you know, if I'm hungry in a few hours, I'll eat a snack before I have to cook again. And really, I only cook once or twice a day. A lot of times I only cook once a day. I'll either cook breakfast or I'll cook dinner because there's a lot of trouble to cook on the road. Jeez. So the rest of the time. So you're talking. You're talking to a. You're talking to a guy that eats like six eggs every morning. Well, you would have to cook several batches then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or just pare it down. You know, I don't know. Um, no, no, my my gut would be mad. Well, uh. so every so if you're thinking of you know everybody thinks about the glamour and majesty and beautiful whatever of this lifestyle um if you're thinking about it those are very practical things that people need to think about you might have to alter the way you eat or you might have to alter you know whatever else about how you live in order to do this because everything in this lifestyle is tiny everything is smaller i try to only buy single packs of toilet paper try doing that and single packs of paper towels because you don't have room to store a 16-pack of Costco paper towels. Everything is small. You can use it as a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I actually and, – and also the single – the really infuriating part of this is the singles are more expensive. So it costs you more to buy a single pa- roll of toilet paper – than it does per roll to buy a, you know, four, six, or eight pack. However, I did find yesterday at Walmart, of all places, a four pack for 68 cents. So that was a score. 
four pack of toilet paper, 68 cents. Mm. I'm like, I can find places to put four rolls. Um, and I got one roll of paper towels for 48 cents. So you got to look for the deal. See, that's why, that's why, um, besides, uh, the financial aspect of it, um, I don't think I would actually have any problem with this kind of living. Actually, I think I would love it because, um, all I would need is one sea bag for my clothes, uh, a charcoal grill, an electric grill, just in case I can't use a charcoal grill, um, and uh, like five or six blankets and an air mattress. Yeah. And that's it. Okay, so no air mattress. I'll ix that right there because it's cold. And you cannot get warm on an air mattress. So what you need is the trifold foam mattress, which Amazon sells. I actually use Ikea um, twin size mattress and you can cut it down because it's just foam um, because I didn't like the Amazon trifold, but you need foam mattress and you need a little bit of a bed build space so that you have storage under your bed. But here's the other things you need. You need an ax, you need a hammer. You need a little um, toolkit so that you have. I recently had to use a screwdriver to pry a piece of the inside of my door off because the door handle broke and I had to fix it. Um, <clears throat> you need a battery pack that can start your battery if you if your battery dies and you're out somewhere and you don't have somebody to come and jump you. You got to jump your own battery, so you need to carry that battery pack. You need flashlights, um, you need water, you need paper towels, toilet paper, uh, camp toilet, you need, um, well, a, you, spatula, spoon, fork, coffee cup. Um, there are a lot of basics. And so when you get all of those built up, you realize that, shoot, you've filled up all the space. <laughs> And really, those are very necessity items. Uh, oh, you need some bungee cords. Definitely got to have bungee cords because everything moves. Everything falls, you know, from where you put it. So. <laughs> but it's fun. I'm really oh, enjoying yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely know. I definitely know about uh, securing items from being on the ship. Yeah. But, um. As far as the um, the space constraints, um, I think that's why I would go with the uh, the um, damn. I got to look up that damn name. The uh, the mini RV with the the van cab mm -hmm. um, instead of just a regular van, yeah. just so I would have a little bit of more room. Yeah, those are great, and they have and, built in uh, they have built in storage spots. Those are great. Yeah. The only other problem but, um, with those is if you have those, you typically end up having to go places to sleep that you have to pay for because one of the ways that people get away with doing this much more cheaply is um, they call it stealth. So if you're stealth van lifing, you can't just park anywhere with a mini RV because it's obvious that you're an RV and you're in there and you're sleeping somewhere. 
and you can get what they call the knock, <laughs> which is somebody comes and knocks on your door at 1 a.m. and says, you can't be sleeping here, and you've got to move along. So um, it just depends on what your budget is. But if you don't have a lot of money and you don't have the budget for paying for a campsite every night at $20 a day, um, that's one of the reasons people choose vans, minivans, SUVs. Some people are doing this with Priuses, which I think is insane, but um, they manage. Priuses? How the hell? What? what? Look it up. What? Google Prius van life or Prius nomad life. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't have enough room to drive in, let alone live in. <laughs> I know. I know. Some people do amazing things with that tiny little car, but uh, I, it, it would never work for me because I couldn't. It, I don't even. It's not possible. I don't think for for I'm, for full timing it's not possible. People do. Um, I'm six. Yeah, you couldn't do it. I'm six feet tall, two hundred pounds. I couldn't even drive a Prius, let alone live in one. Right, exactly. Uh, but you could park anywhere if you were, and nobody would notice you. So those are things to think about. Um, so for well, one thing one. One thing that I would say is uh, follow the truckers. Like, for example, Walmart parking lots, there are always fully loaded semis in the far far back end of a Walmart parking lot stretched out across many parking spaces sleeping. Right. And you you just look out for semis. One or two semis that are parked in an area, not moving, and more likely you'll be safe there. Yes, and usually that's really good, and Walmarts do allow people to sleep there, and there are some other businesses that specifically allow overnight sleeping, which is really great. Um, But then we're back to the problem I mentioned earlier where the people who are abusing those privileges are leaving huge messes, including dumping their camp toilets um, in parking lots in the bushes near parking lots and when people do that they ruin it for the rest of us you know it's like the kid who chewed gum and stuck it under his desk now the whole class doesn't get to chew gum anymore because somebody's ruining it so um you know if if you people are out there listening don't mess it up for the rest of us don't dump your camp toilet anywhere except an approved receptacle because that's just wrong no, see, that's why I honestly don't think I would have a camp toilet because it would either be a store, a rest stop, or a tree. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's great. So most of us, especially if you're full-timing for, you know, whatever, temporary or, or permanent, um, use public bathrooms during the day for sure because it would be stupid to fill up your camp toilet when you don't have to. But at 3 a.m., I'm not getting out of my van to go anywhere to use the bathroom. And so I do have the camp toilet for overnight use. But if I use it in the night, mm. it empties every morning. I do, I do not let it stay, you know, days on end. It is emptied every morning into an approved receptacle, either public toilet, public outhouse, um, or an actual dump station. They make camp toilets where you can use an actual RV dump station and you can go and dump. Um, and if you do that, 
you would want to, you know, let it go for a week and dump once a week because they charge like a $5 fee. So, uh, and that's fine, but I like to dump every morning. Um, yeah. So, I mean, those are very um, practical things that people need to, to know about. And some people decide they don't. Yeah, want to we live. definitely have to learn. Yes. Some people decide they don't want to live nomadic because they can't stand the thought of getting that close to their excrement. Uh, but that's a real thing. You really have to think about it. I mean, think about the people. Yeah, we definitely have to learn. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I would definitely have to learn where uh, all those places would be at. Right. Yeah, and that's there's a big learning curve to that. But I, you know, like I said, I, I researched for two years before I started this. But think about, you know, my grandmother um, actually moved across the country in a covered wagon when she was a kid. Um, so, you know, mm. back then there weren't all of these urban places. So you really could go anywhere you were. You just stop and go. Um, but they would dig a hole and bury it they didn't just mess up the landscape you know they didn't store it for a week and then dump it on someone's rose bushes you know so i mean you have to think about where you are what you're doing and what is the appropriate thing to do at the time and always follow or be one of those uh common courtesy what was it i said always follow common yeah, courtesy or... rules yeah, you definitely don't want to be one of those crazy-ass people that uh, sits there and does 80 down the highway while dumping their uh, toilet. Yeah, well, I've seen, you know, in some of the van, I'm in a lot of um, Facebook van groups, and I've seen people say that they actually um, drilled a hole in the bottom of the van and used just a tube, and for urine, they just use the tube. Well... How stupid is that? You know, that is not the way to do that. That is not approved. And that messes it up for the rest of us because then you get the reputation of, oh, those dirty, you know, whatevers um, are, are just putting it wherever they want. And that is the majority of the people living this lifestyle are not the ones doing that. Um, but the ones who are mess it up for everybody. So, so yeah, if you... Well, we'll see, I... I, I would think that that would actually be a good idea, depending on your location. Well, if you're, like in, if the you're woods, in the middle of the woods, yeah. yeah. If you're in the middle of the woods, that's a great idea. But if you're in a Walmart parking lot, no. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if you're in the woods and you're doing that, you still got to move every few days because you don't want to overuse a particular area for that. So, well, thank you for calling in. I um, think I'm going to have to wrap it up because laundry day is over, and I actually have a party to go to. All right. I don't have that very often, but I was invited to a bridal shower. So I'm going to go hang out with the bride-to-be and, I don't know, do some painting or something. It's, it's, it's a paint night kind of party. So. <laughs> Fun, fun. Uh, Wine and paint. Yeah, well, and I don't drink, but I, I will enjoy the paint part. Um, 
but I'm not so good at the painting. My, that is not my, uh, my craft. But, you know, the good thing is they make it so that anybody can do it. <laughs> it's just kind of yeah, step by just, step. Just have fun with it. Yeah, I will. Um, so, yeah, thank you for joining me on my live and, and having this good discussion. And I think I'm just going to do it this way more often because um, there are a lot of, of parts to this. And there are a lot of things that I observe as I'm going through my days um, that people need to think about when they're considering this lifestyle. And it's not just about the cooking, although I do share a lot of that. So, um, yeah. Well, thank you, Matt. Yeah, just um, – just... Just be careful on Podbean because there are a lot of crazy little buttheads on here. Yeah, the old man gets gets the trolls going too, but they've gotten good about um, blocking them. So now I know how to do that. Thank you. And um, it's hard to pay attention to the chat room spot while you're also trying to pay attention to the discussion. So that'll take a little bit. Of we'll see. Well, what I what I was talking about is you'll you'll you won't. Uh, uh, yeah, you'll get the, the trolls that leave stupid comments in the chat, but you're also, you might also get, um, to be nice, uh, buttheads that actually call in and mess with you. Mm, okay. So just, you know, be aware because there are a lot of, uh, immature buttheads on here. Yeah. So. Well, I think that's just representative of, everywhere right <laughs> i think that's oh yeah human society in general it's a small sampling of what's going on everywhere but i just you know try to ignore it i'm gonna i like you do you listen to the old man's podcast um old man with you i've gone in there a couple times but not very often yeah. i'm usually working yeah well i can catch it in the morning before i'm i'm at work and so it's nice um but but i like their philosophy which is we pretty much stay away from the politics and the crappy stuff going on in the world of the day because it's a place to come and not think about those things. It's a place to come and think about, yeah. you know, more optimistic, more positive, more um, uplifting content. And while I've been discussing things that are maybe not so positive and uplifting, like um, pooping and peeing where you shouldn't, but <laughs> for the most <laughs> for the most part, um, I, I like to follow that too. I'm, I'm not really into um, discussing the politics or sharing my thoughts about what is going on um, other than to say the world is uh, kind of a mess these days. And um, yeah, we just have to avoid the buttheads where we can. <laughs> Well, I will say that um, even though the chaos will probably increase, you are in a very good spot because um, whatever happens, you can just pick up and go. So. What, one of the main reasons we did this was that exact reason. Uh, we felt like it was time to get very flexible, very maneuverable, very mobile. Um Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that, that really played a huge part in this decision. Um, and yeah, I, I don't, I don't think I'm regretting it at all. Um, I see it as a fun challenge. It's, it's interesting. It gives me a whole different perspective on, you know, even just the, the homeless predicament. Um, people get upset and, 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 talk down about them. And of course, like I said, there's a lot of people causing a lot of trouble. There are a lot of 
mental illness problems in the homeless population, but um, living this way helps people to understand how difficult it can be for people who don't have a house um, to stay clean, to do their laundry, to find food, um, to be places that they're not allowed to be because there's really nowhere you're allowed to be if you don't have a house. You don't own the land. Um, so yeah, it gives people a whole different perspective and I think that's not a bad thing, you know? Yeah, you just have to um, learn to, especially in my area, uh, you just have to learn to be able to tell the difference between the ones that, um, as far as homeless people are concerned, uh, the ones that are truly homeless and the ones that are just drug addicts panhandling on the side of the road. Yeah, and unfortunately there's a lot of that and there's a lot of... Um... There's a lot of recreational substance problem within the whole, that whole community um, overall. So, yeah, and again, that takes you back to knowing who is friend and foe and always making sure that you are on guard um, because you never know just from first glance. Well, you can. Some of them you know <laughs> from first glance, but um, some people you don't know at first glance whether they're going to be a decent person or not. And so, um, yeah, you got to always just be on guard and uh, be smart and, you know, keep thinking the good thoughts and um, putting the puzzle pieces together. <coughs> oh, yeah, you definitely have to um, keep your eyes open, watch your back, and just be aware of what's going on. Right. All right. Well, I'm heading out of here, and I thank you again for joining me. We'll do this again sometime, maybe. Yeah. All right. You have a good night. You too. All right. Okay. Well, thank you all for joining. Thank you for those who stopped in. Thank you, Seeker, for joining me and having that great discussion. Um I do plan to do more lives. I think it's just easier for me to jump in when I have a minute. And if I have somebody who wants to jump in with me and chit chat, we'll do it. And if I don't, then I will just talk at you about food and storage and van life in general. Um, and now I am off to the party. So you all have a good night and I hope to see you on down the road.